Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Well, I'll do it next week. Or, you know, God understands. Well, I don't really, you know, blah, blah. It's in your mind that all that takes place. God said, have your mind renewed. How do you get your mind renewed? You take in God's word and it'll, 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 it'll look at the old files and God's word will come in and replace the old, if you let it, God's word will replace the old files that you had. Those will get kicked out. And now this is the way I process. This is how we're going to do it. You know, and you start thinking through the scriptures and doing what the Bible says. Why we why we need to be in the word and sit under the word and read the word. But all of that is empty if you're not going to do what it says. In today's message, Pastor Bill will remind you that half of the battle is won in the mind. If you're beginning a new routine like reading your Bible, we have all sorts of excuses. We might think, We can do it another time, or we can do it after another thing has been done. But that's where the error comes. Our minds must be renewed by Christ. But how? Through the Word of God. We have to be consistently in the Bible to have our minds renewed by Him. And when our minds are renewed, we're more like Him. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 as he continues his message, A New You. Moving on now, um, he says... In verse uh, 22 to 24, Paul says um, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness and so first we put off. He says, you're to put off concerning your, your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. God says, everybody here lives in the same flesh you used to sin in. Everybody here lives in the same body that represents the old man. And what was what, what were we what, what were we supposed to do with the old man? Anybody know what we were supposed to do with the old man? Where is he supposed to be at? Crucified with Christ, right? Never, never listen that I live, not, but not I, but Christ lives through me. So we're supposed to crucify them. Now, some of y'all, old men, keep climbing off the cross and living again. And, and we got to put him back on there where he belongs and crucify him and leave him there. And so he says, look, we need to put off concerning the former conduct, the old man. We got to put that off. And the idea is like, it's like taking off a garment. Like I'm putting it off and aside. I'm not putting it back on. I'm putting it off and I'm putting on something brand new afterwards. And so it says put off concerning the former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt. That word corrupt is a, it gives the idea of a body when it's in the grave and it's, 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 you know, disintegrating. It's, it's, it's dead and it's dying and it's, it's wasting away. Um, God said that's what the old life was. It grows corrupt. It grows into death. It's not going anywhere positive. It's growing into death. And it says, um, according to deceitful lust. And I want to explain why lust is so deceitful. The word lust is not just a sexual thing. Lust is the word literally means strong desire. And if you're a person that says, if I had this, then I would be good. If I have a strong desire for something, and a lot of people have that. A lot of people in their life, they're thinking, if, if I could just have this, then I would finally, my life would be great. If I could just get that, if I could just apprehend this, if I could just reach that goal or get this thing or have whatever, then it would be all good. But it's not true. It's the lust is deceitful, right? God wants us to be in a place where we realize, I just need the Lord. That's, every, that's, that's what I need. There may be some things I desire. 
There may be, but, but, but don't be of the mind that if I just had this, this would fix everything. A lot of people in our world think if I just had some more money, money is my biggest. If I just had more money, that would fix everything. That's a lie from the devil. All you, you got to do is look at people that have a lot of money. They killing themselves, dying, miserable. They just miserable with bigger problems and people waiting to get some of their money. You know, so it's not a, that's not the answer. But some people are convinced that's what it would be. There are single people that are like, if I just had a, if I just could find me somebody, that would fix everything. And then there are married people that are thinking, if I could just have another chance, I would fix it and do it better. Wrong, wrong, wrong. We need, we need, we need to find our contentment in the Lord. And if you think you're going to find it in a thing, that's why lust is deceitful. And sometimes the most discouraging thing that can happen to people in the world is that they pursue something with all their heart and they actually get it and they see how empty it is. Uh, I never forget. Um, I forget which. I think it was. It might have been Kobe Bryant. I forget. It was one of the one of somebody, one of the basketball players, or whatever. But they got their first championship, and so that they're trying to interview them, and they they want to have this moment of like, okay, well, this is the moment you've been waiting for. You finally got your new championship. You finally got your first ring. How does it feel? And the first thing out of their mouth was, "I'm looking for the next one. I want another one." Because I, because some, because Jordan's got more than me, you know. So somebody else has more. And you're like, man, this, it's, this didn't satisfy. This didn't do it. This moment right here, this is, it's, it's not big enough. It didn't. Yesterday, this is what you thought it would, it would be. It's not it. Lust is deceitful, and so don't be, don't, don't let your mind tell you that if you could just have this, you would be happy. You would be content. You would be things would be better. What we need to be convinced of is that I just need the Lord. I need more of God. I'm, why am I discontent when I have everything in him? What's wrong with me? Why, 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 where are my eyes at? Where's my mind gone that I'm not content with him? If you can't be content with him, you won't be content with anything else, no matter what it is. Lust is deceitful. And so, um, again, he lays these things out as this is, this, these are things that we put off, uh, that we wouldn't continue in them, that we wouldn't, con- you know, we wouldn't continue to live this way. And then he says, in verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And this is what God wants to do. God wants to apprehend your mind and renew your mind. We're told in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, um, that, you know, we would have our minds that we're to have our, we're not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And God says, I, when, I, when you get saved, you know, I, I save your soul, but we need to have our minds renewed. Some of us have been saved. Our souls are saved. God lives inside, but we haven't let the Lord transform our thinking, transform our mind. And God says, the way you thought before you met me, that's got to all change. The way you process things before you met me, that's all going to change. The way you function in the world and in life before you met me, that's all going to change because God does things totally different. You know, in my, in my life before I met the Lord, if you crossed me, guess what? I was crossing you back. So, you know, so, so you know not to cross here again. That was that was how we did it. You know, that's how you fix that. You steal something from me. I catch you. I punish you bad enough to where you don't never steal here again. Then I get saved. And God said, no, forgive it. Forgive it. Now they're going to take advantage of me, Lord. They're going to walk all over me. I can't let that. I can't let that go. And God's like, no, forgive it. I, you walked all over me. I got all walked all over. Just forgive it. Let it go. But I just, uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't, I don't, I still don't like it. But I had better transform. I had better conform to it. That's renewing my mind. That's not my thinking. And so that won't be natural. That's going to be supernatural. That's not what I would do in the flesh and in the natural. That's what I'm going to do because Jesus is Lord. And there are going to be, there are going to be many things like that in our lives that we would say, this is what I would do. But this is what God said do. And I'm, if Jesus is Lord, 
then the more I start doing what God says, do my mind is being renewed. I'm not the same guy. This, this is how I would have handled that back in the day. But today, OK, we let it ride. And many things like that over the course of our, we all have different things that we came from. But this is how God's like, I want to renew you. I want to renew your mind. And, you know, where, where warfare many times begins and happens in the mind. It's going to be in the mind that you make the decision to follow the Lord. Your heart will follow. It's also going to be in your mind that you, you know, convince yourself that you don't have to do this right now. Well, I'll do it next week. Or, you know, God understands. Well, I don't really, you know, blah, blah. It's in your mind that all that takes place. God says, have your mind renewed. How do you get your mind renewed? You take in God's word. And it'll 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 look at the old files and God's word will come in and replace the old. If you let it, God's word will replace the old files that you had. Those will get kicked out. And now this is the way I process. This is how we're going to do it. You know, and you start thinking through the scriptures and doing what the Bible says. Why we why we need to be in the word and sit under the word and read the word. But all of that is empty if you're not going to do what it says. If you read every day, come to church three times a week and talk about Bible with your friends, but don't do what it says. It's almost like saying, God, I just wanted to know what you wanted so I could not do it. That's not the goal of Bible study, sitting and receiving. God, I want to be transformed. And the word has been given to us to transform us that we would not be the same. And so, but for it to work, our part is to be conformed to it. That we, God, as you you tell me something different than what I would have normally done, then I'm going to receive it and live by it and obey it. Amen? Amen. And so... Uh, moving on now, uh, verse 24, he says, and that you put on. So after you put off the old man, um, now he said, now you got to put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And this is important. When we come to the Lord, there are things that God takes away. But God says, don't stop there. Now I want you to put on some new things. And this is where I think some people get stuck in their walk with the Lord. They get saved. They know that they're doing some foul stuff. And so it's like, okay, I know I can't do that. I can't party. I know I can't. So I stopped all that stuff. But then they don't put on. And God's like, no, we we only took that off to put on the new because we're going to move in a new direction. And so if you just take off a bunch of stuff and then don't do nothing, not in a very short order, this is going to start to seem lame. This is whack. I'm bored to death. I don't I don't know. A Christian that's bored. Is a Christian that's just not listening to you. You won't be bored if you just sell out to live for the Lord and do what he tells you to do. You won't. There'll be an adventure around every corner. God will have you taking steps of faith. God will be stretching you beyond you. You will have plenty to pray for, think about, and occupy your life with. You will not be bored if you take off the old man and put on the new and let the Lord begin to direct your steps. And so any Christian that's like, it is boring to be a Christian, they probably took off some stuff and they sitting there looking at everybody else still wearing the outfit. And they're like, I just, I remember when I used to wear that outfit Friday night. I know I, mean, I used to go out Friday night and I'm just going to sit here, you know, I look on Facebook at everybody that's out doing what I used to do. That's not the business. That's how you fall back into the old. And so um, we put off, but we have to put on. Um, God takes things away, not just to take them away. A lot of things that I look at my life with the stuff that God stripped away, all those things would have gotten in the way of what God wanted to do eventually. Um, I was alcoholic. I, I couldn't I couldn't stay drinking and and in that fall do the stuff God wanted me to do. I was trying to be a player and I was like, you, you, you're going to be married with some kids. That won't happen. Um, call you to be a pastor. All of my old life didn't line up with that. So God said, we're going to take this off, take this off. We're going to clean all that up because I'm taking you somewhere where none of that stuff will work. And so we take all that off. And as you continue walking, God start putting on new stuff. 
gives you new vision, new direction, new guidance, new purpose. And you realize as you walk in your new purpose, that's why all that had to go. Because that, that life don't mesh, mesh with this life. And so we take off, but then we make sure that we put on. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, verses in verses 25 to 29, um, I saw this trend. And Paul will give a command, you know, what not to do. He'll give a, a what to do instead, and then he'll tell us why. So he'll tell us a command. He'll say, this is what you do instead, and then this is why. So starting at verse 25, he says, therefore, putting away lying, that's the command, what we do instead. Instead, let each one of us, let each one of you speak the truth to his neighbor. Why? For me, we are members of one another. So here we go with this one. So, I mean, I would ask how many liars do we have? How many of you guys here lie? But I don't want to do that because those that really lie wouldn't raise your hand because you'd be lying. So, uh, you know, lying is... I mean, I clear as, you know, definition lying is, is not telling the truth, but there are lots of ways that people lie. Um, you can lie by, you know, giving out a partial truth. Um, you know, a half truth is a whole lie. So some people lie by just not telling you all the information. You know, I'm going to leave out enough to misguide you. That's a lie. Um, some of us lie outright. We just tell someone what's not the truth so that they would believe something other than the truth for whatever reason, however it benefits you. Um, we, we can lie and, you know, it's, it's, it's tax time. I've been seeing people outside with the little things going like this. And so this is a time of year where a lot of folk will be tempted to lie. Uh, I, I, I saw this funny picture on the Internet and it was a, a lady and she had all these kids. It looked like and they had all their winter clothes on. And, and it talked about, you know, people claiming extra kids for tax time. And then when you looked under the hood, they were dogs. So she had all these puppies, you know, dressed like kids. And the joke was, you know, people claiming kids is not theirs, just trying to get a few extra bucks, you know, just trying to do what they can do. That's going to be that's lying, too. You know, um, he says, put away lying. And, and in particular, he's talking about here among the body of Christ. Uh, we shouldn't be lying to one another. So he said, put away lying. That's the command. What do I do instead? He said, instead, speak the truth to one another. So we should be the things that we say to one another should be true should be accurate. We should not lie to one another. We should speak the, the truth to one another. Then he says, why? He says, for we are members of one another. And so here's another thing that happens in the body of Christ. You have someone that's, they're not doing well. And you ask them, hey, how are you doing? Fine. That's a lie. So since you lie to the person that maybe would have prayed for you, shared with you, ministered to you, they do none of that. Because you said, Fine. When he told the truth, how you doing? Terrible. Had a horrible day. I'm angry. I'm in the flesh. Blah, 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 blah. Now maybe they would say, whoa, let's pray. You know, here's a few verses. Let me run this by you. Let me see what I can do to encourage you and get you focused back on the Lord because you told the truth about the fact that right now you're not in this space. Um, now you spoke the truth and we're members of one another. So when you lie, he says, look, you're lying to yourself. And some Christians don't make any progress in their walk with the Lord because they they work harder at pretending to be good than they do at actually getting better. They work harder at covering up, lying and pretending than they do at exposing and dealing with so that they can actually be better. And so lying hurts you. It hurts the whole body. So he said, don't lie to one another. Instead, speak the truth to one another. Why? Because we're members of one another. It benefits us if we all get better. It behooves us to be real with one another and to really make progress in our walk with the Lord. Amen. Next one. Look at verse 26. This is a big one. It says be angry. 
um, but do not sin. That's the command. Um, instead, he says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Why? Because it gives place to the devil or give place to the devil. Let's run that one back. Be angry, but don't sin. Everybody here has been angry before. And anger in and of itself is not a sin. Jesus was angry at things. There are things that anger God. Anger is not a sin, but he says, be angry, but don't let anger move you to respond in a sinful way. And so someone may do something that, that angered me. That's okay. What do you do with that is what God is going to deal with. He says, hey, be angry, but don't sin. Now, if you're a person that when you get angry, you flesh out. You get angry and you cussing people out. You get angry, you telling people off. You get angry and you flexing on people. God says, you're angry in a sinful way. I just, he said, don't do that. Right? Don't, don't, be ang- don't, don't let anger move you to sin. And this is why this is so important for a Christian. If every time I got angry, I sinned, I would be a horrible husband, a worse father, and I would be disqualified to be a pastor. I would not be a very effective Christian because I'm angry. I get, I'm upset about a lot of things. But that is what it is. Like, what do you do with that? That bothered me. But God's like, okay, then what do you do? Some things you pray about. Some things God's going to have you do absolutely nothing. You're going to just take it. You're going to die to yourself sometimes. Right? You're going to be angry about things. And when you run your anger through the grid of God's word, God will give you direction what to do with that. But if you're someone that just flies off the handle, if people would characterize you as someone that has a short fuse, that you get you flesh out easy, you go back and look at the list of the works of the flesh, and that's that's the flesh. Be angry and don't sin. That is a command for us as believers. And, and God, and I should say this, everything God is commanding us to do here, he empowers us to do it. So if we don't choose to do it, it's us choosing to disobey him. It's not like we can't. It's that we won't. And so be angry, but don't sin. Instead, he says, this is what to do instead. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Well, how, how often does the sun go down? Every 24 hours. So we got a time. That was the same back then as it is today. So we know that God is saying you want to deal with this stuff pretty quickly. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. So for people that have let the sun go down on their wrath for a month and a year and years, God's like, that's you just, you know, because the next thing he says is nor give place to the devil. It's, it's you're, you're giving place to the devil in your heart, in your life. He says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. So if you find that I'm, I'm angry about something today. Right. Something happened to my distance. But before you go to bed, you need to let that go. You can't wake up and have that fresh tomorrow. So for you married people. Right. Husband, wife, you do something at 5 p.m. Just got on my nerves. I'm upset. Didn't like that. Angry about it. First of all, he says, oh, so immediately he says, be angry and don't sin. You can't even sin right now. But I'm angry right now. Then be quiet. Go to the bathroom. Close the door. Say a prayer. Sing a song. Do something else. But you cannot sin in your anger. Then it says, before you go to bed, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. I got to sit there and say, Lord, what do I do with this? I'm angry at them. Everybody know what's the answer? What do I do? How do I, how do I let this go? How do I get beyond this? They, they, they did something that made me angry. How do we, how do we deal with it? Be forgiven. Same way God does with you. He forgiven. That's what you do. So then you go to bed and, you, and, and some of us are like, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. I can't even fathom living that way. That's what's wrong. That's what's, that's what's wrong. And so this is how, as Christians, this is how we're to live. We can't, we can't be angry. You're going to get, man, things happen. Every, I, if, if I, I don't even keep a note of the things that happen because they happen all the time. They said this. They did that. This happened over there. This happened over here. Okay, 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 okay. And none of that matters. 
It is what it is. I'm not in charge of everybody. You know, I can't be angry. I can be going around angry and, you know, putting out fires every time I... It's Be angry and don't sin and don't, don't go to bed tripping. Wake up, let that go. Because there's new things God wants to do today. That would have you stuck. And some people have been stuck for years because they're bitter, angry people. And they're not free. And when you're bitter and angry, guess who's in bondage? You are. When I was coming up, when I was in, um, you know, my parents got divorced when I was in elementary school. And, you know, mom and dad broke up second grade or whatever. And so I would be in my mom's house, be my dad's on the weekend and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So as I got older, um, a really frustrating thing that would happen is when I needed something, something for school or something like that, I'd ask my mom. My mom said, you need to talk to your dad about that. I go talk to my dad when I go to this house on the weekend. I paid the mom's house for it. You need to talk to her about that. And they would just send you back and forth like this as a kid. It's frustrating. And one of the things that that did was cause me to, that is, you know, some of y'all know I get my hustle on. I used to get my hustle on in a, in a sinful way because something I was kind of committed to then, I hated being dependent on somebody else to give me what I needed and them sending me back and forth. I hated it. And I was, I'm going to figure out a way to get my own money because I hate this thing right here. But anyway, um, one of the things that came up in high school, I played football and played sports. Well, I got all my letters for my letterman jacket. And I had all my letters and my patches and all my rewards and stuff that should go on a jacket. So I mom, got myself my letterman jacket. Letterman jacket was like 300 something bucks. You need to talk to your dad about that. I'll talk to my dad about that. I pay child support. Talk to her about that. We went back and forth and nobody was going to get me this jacket. I was really bitter about that. All my buddies got their jackets, names on the back and patches on everything. I got a, I got a, I got a freezer Ziploc bag with all my patches. And, and it used to be, it used to be a bag of bitterness. I, I had, I kept it everywhere I moved. I took it. And I, when I would look at that bag, I would, it, I would just remember like just how I hated that. And I would be bitter. And I remember one time the Lord just, I'm looking at this, we were moving and I had it out of somewhere and guys, you just throw that away. That's, that's, there's, you can't be bitter at people that now I'm calling you to be a witness to. That's over with. That, that's the, that's the past. You can, nobody can fix that. Nobody can make it any better. You can let that go. It, it was freedom for me to just say, you know what, forget that. Like, Cause I do need to now be a witness to people that the enemy's like, I want you to hate them. I want you to look at that bag and get mad, fresh mad. You can get fresh mad 10 years later. That's something nobody, they can't fix it if they want to now. And so God was like, you know, that's, that's, that's not healthy. And it wasn't healthy for me. It, it wasn't good for my heart. As a Christian, it wasn't good for my heart. And so if you're here and you got stuff that you're holding, God said, don't even let the sun go down. I let years go down on that. God said, don't even hold stuff overnight. Let that go. Right? Don't be angry, be angry but don't sin. Because you're going to get angry, but don't let it lead you to sin. Instead, Make it a habit. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. God, let me let me give this to you now. Ask you to help me to just walk in forgiveness. Um, he's going to tell us at the end of the chapter that even as God in Christ forgave you, you forgive each other. And so the same way that God forgives me, how often does God forgive you and me? Every time you need it. Every, God's, God's keeping his own words. His son ain't going down on his wrath. He forgive you the day you ask for it. Amen. And so God says, so you need to be forgiven. You need to let that go. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. And then notice what it says, nor give place to the devil. And I believe it's because when you let the sun go down on your wrath, you give, you give him place to the devil. And I'm going to just say this real quick. There's only a few places in scripture where God is really specifically saying, if you do this, you're letting the devil in. Here's one where God says, if you do this, if you're a bitter person, you're letting the devil in. You're giving place to the devil. Nobody in this room in their right mind would say, devil, would you move in? 
and just take a residence here. I like you so much. You're so cuddly and hot, you know? We would not say that. But he's saying here, if you live like this, you are giving place. You're making room for the devil. Thanks for joining Pastor Bill on the Transforming Word as he teaches through the book of Ephesians. If you're ever or near the Inglewood area, you are more than welcome to join us this weekend for church. We meet at Calvary Inglewood every Sunday and Wednesday, and you can get more information on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. You also can call or text us, too, for more information. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that's 310-245-4811. If you're looking for more resources or ways to connect with us, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look for the links on our website. Again, that is calvaryinglewood.org. As you listen to today's message, we pray that it has not only inspired you in your faith journey, but challenged you in your relationships. The book of Ephesians was written by Paul around the time he was in prison in Rome. This is one of the most inspiring things about Paul. Even when he was facing some of the heaviest of trials, he was still focused on the gospel mission. He still urged unity. He wrote of patience and love and encouraged people to be as one, just as God the Father is one with His Spirit and His Son. This may seem like an impossible thing to accomplish, but when you're living in the Spirit and by the Spirit, it's easier to genuinely love those around you. Well, that's all we have time for today. But Pastor Bill will have more to share from the book of Ephesians next time on A Transforming Word.